Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome into another FizzCast. Jaron May here with a special guest, Nicole Weaving, who is a contributor for Pro Lacrosse Talk, a recent Orange grad, a graduate in the class of 20. We are happy to have the Orange family here on Orange Fizz. And in this FizzCast, we are breaking down the women's lacrosse players who have made it onto our SU Top 100 list. If you want to check out that list, Go on to our website, orangefizz.net. Check out all of our social media content on Twitter at Orange Fizz. And of course, listen to all of our audio content on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz. But Nicole, now that we have all of those pleasantries out of the way, let me ask you, how are you doing and are you ready to talk some women's lacks? Always ready to talk lacrosse, especially, you know, given the state of women's lacrosse professionally with the WPLL shutting down, always good to bring the women's game back into the limelight, especially with the caliber of stars that Syracuse has produced in the women's game. So before we jump into any specifics of our SU Top 100, let me lay the land for all of our listeners. Every single staff member on Orange Fizz got to rank all of the SU athletes 1 to 100, and then we took an average of those um, votes, and we came up with our SU Top 100. So personally, as a lacrosse fan and as a women's lacrosse fan myself, I think some of the women's lax players are a little down the list, and they should be a little higher. Nicole, I think you're going to share that same sentiment as we go through this, Um, but let me read out all of the women's lax players and then we'll get into some specifics. At 97 is Alyssa Murray, 90 Riley Donahue, 87 Michelle Tumalo, 84 a current player in Emily Harris-Chuck, Kayla Trainer comes in at 59, the great goaltender Liz Hogan comes in at 48, and then Katie Rowan, the leading scorer in program history, is in the top 30 at ranked number 29. So, Nicole, before we get into any specifics, let me just get your uh, your overall thoughts on these players, this group of players. Do you think that this is the correct group to be able to make the SU Top 100 list? I would say all these names absolutely make sense. Um, there's a couple like smaller names, whether it's from a Syracuse notoriety level or what they've done in the professional game, such as like a Becca Block, who's been a consistent defender for Team USA that came from Syracuse, you know, not necessarily in the record books during her Orange career, because it's certainly tough to, you know, rate defenders against offensive players that are scoring goals, putting up crazy numbers. But she was such a consistent player during her career. That's a name I see missing maybe from this list. Um, Otherwise, I would say all these make a lot of sense. I think their rankings are exactly in a similar place to what you said, that some of these players fall really low. This is a Syracuse program that often gets outshined by the men's program because mm-hmm. how can you compete with a team that has 11 national championships? Mm-hmm. Like, no one's going to look that good um, unless you have those same numbers. But this is a Syracuse team that consistently makes the Final Four, always makes the NCAA tournament. So they're a high-caliber team. I would put them up there kind of with a women's basketball team in that they can get overshined by the men's program. And then I feel like we're seeing that reflected in these rankings that not many of them are cracking above the top 75 when they were so spectacular during their runs. And especially during all four years is something I take into consideration that some of these players from freshman to senior 
were spectacular and ended up falling pretty low on the ranks. So you bring up the name Becca Block, at least in my rankings, when I put out my top 100. And again, we averaged it all out as a staff. Becca Block, I had at the 66 mark um, on my SU top 100. I also had a couple other names that made my list. Um, I think Haley uh, Majorana was someone that deserves to be on there. Then there was a couple others. Kayla Kempney um, was, I mean, you can say the best draw specialist in program history, at least. Oh, and by a wide margin. Yeah, so those two names. wide margin. Those two names. You bring up Becca Block, but do you think those two also deserve to be on the SU Top 100? I think Kayla Kempney, the problem is we didn't see her do much more than just be that face off like that face off that draw specialist right. kind of person and i think that that's really hard to rank against these other players that did so much more cuz even like a becca block you know contributed much more from a defensive end even carrying it over into transition where it wasn't like Kaylee Kempney was coming on taking draws and then going in and scoring mm-hmm. like those numbers really weren't there from her on that end so what she did inside the circle i think is absolutely notable but i don't know if it necessarily would make it um it is interesting, though, because there are players that played alongside a Katie Rowan, you know, and a Haley Quillian or a Christina Dove mm. that certainly put up those numbers or people that have solidified themselves in the record book but don't have the notoriety. I mean, I'm an Inside Lacrosse reader, of course, and Haley Quillian runs the women's section of Inside Lacrosse, so she's gone on to carry her lacrosse legacy quite well from Syracuse, um, and her numbers from her playing career could have warranted her maybe in a lower position on the list. Um, that's, I guess, another name I would have considered making it. Um, but Haley Magdarana, again, it, it skews because she was so dominant, but you she played at the same time as another spectacular player in Kayla Trainer, mm. and even in those later years of in Alyssa Murray. So that's certainly tough to compare up against because her opportunity to put up bigger numbers, to be a bigger contributor, kind of got overshadowed by other spectacular players. So I wasn't necessarily too shocked to see her name off the list, even though that's someone that people still talk about to this day as being spectacular. Makes sense. Uh, Nicole Weaving, a contributor of Pro Lacrosse Talk, is joining us here on our FizzCast. Now, Nicole, let's get into some specifics and let's break down the actual players that are on our SU Top 100 list when it comes to the women's lacrosse team. So coming in at 97 is Alyssa Murray. Number one, let me ask you, do you think that ranking is correct? And if so, or if not, rather, do you think it deserves to be higher or lower? Absolutely not. I think Alyssa Murray is ranked way too low on this list, especially considering, and this is no knock to Riley Donahue, she had a very solid career, put up some solid numbers. Alyssa Murray is a, by and away, better player than Riley Donahue was. Mm-hmm. And I would even say she could compete with Michelle Tumalo as having been a better player. That She showed up on campus and started contributing from that opening whistle of her freshman year. I mean, she was spectacular as a freshman, led the team as a sophomore, you know, was making first team winning attack of the year by her junior year. I mean, she put up accolades on accolades on accolades and spectacular numbers every year. I mean, she's a player that started every game. And I think that looking at that and seeing her as a Tawaraton finalist for two years, you know, I would say if you were going to go one, two, three of the big three for Syracuse's history, it would yeah. go Katie Rowan, Kayla Trainer, Alyssa Murray. Really? And and there will be Michelle Tumalo people that will come after me for that take. <laughs> but I would say that 
based on just everything that she did and, you know, she didn't have some esteemed pro career. She went through the coaching ranks here and there, did, you know, some time at Yale um, and now coaches down in Texas um, at the high school level. But from just what she did during her Syracuse time, it was so spectacular. She was always on the field. Like you can't, you can't knock a player that was just always out there and always contributing. So I think it's way too low and I could have seen her up in, like I would say the early seventies area, you oh, know, right. alongside, a um, a Tiana Mangakahia, some of the other like bigger players, like even like, a, you know, I don't want to get into the men's game too much, but I thought Jojo Marasco was a little low. Like mm. he could have been, you know, she could have been up in similar lanes okay. with there, but you see a John Galloway making the list in the seventies. I definitely think she should have been higher. So that, that brings up two thoughts for me. And you bring up Alyssa Murray deserves to be higher than Riley Donahue. And Riley Donahue comes in at 90, Alyssa Murray at 97. So seven spots separate them on our SU Top 100 list. Um, do you think Donahue kind of gets a bump because she has that family legacy at Syracuse where her brother also played men's lacrosse? I do. I think that there's that. And partially, you know, I can imagine with, these writers for the fizz just because y'all you guys crew younger that there's going to be a little bit of recency bias <laughs> right. as well um you know her having been a more recent player because it was tough for me even when i first saw her show up at 90 to think why did she make this list and that, oh, wow. that's definitely a little bit of a knock to her like i will say i underrated her a little bit she you know did put up those numbers but it was just her freshman year and her senior year were quiet you know and she was just never okay. a I think I think she gained a lot exactly what you said from the fact she was a Donahue. Everybody knew the name Dylan Donahue, so then it was like, oh, Riley Donahue's here, and she's <laughs> been playing great. And she did play great. She was a great assister, you know, put up the numbers from a scoring perspective that kept her within the top three, top five every year, and that's great. But she was never kind of this show-off player, and I feel like what keeps people fresh in – you know, current women's lacrosse players' minds are those players that put up the sick goals, that put up yeah. the outstanding plays that you're like, she was that dominant. Yeah. And I don't think you could say that sentence necessarily about Riley Donahue. So I definitely think from a recency standpoint, plus a notoriety from her brother, she definitely got that extra boost, which again, I think is what knocked Alyssa Murray so, so low unnecessarily yeah it seems like like you said those fancy players kind of like the box players like the like nicole levy she's not going to be one of the players that makes this su top 100 list but she's a player that you think about and that you remember her su career because she was just so creative and that's also kind of what gary gate preaches with this su women's lacrosse program that's what he did when he was a player um and that's why he's on our su top 100 list and in the top 10 so Riley Donahue at 90, you don't really agree with. You want Alyssa Murray a little higher. Number 87, the next women's lacrosse player on our list, is someone that I really had an issue with. And when I was ranking my SU top 100 list, I had her in the top 50. I had her at 42, Michelle Tumalo, because I looked at her career stats. I also watched some of her highlights. And like you said, if you want a player that has those crazy highlights and some of those spectacular goals... Michelle Tumalo is one of those players. So I had her at 42. She rather comes in um, at 87. What are your thoughts on that? Again, I think Michelle Tumalo is kind of suffering from the same thing as Alyssa Murray. And a lot of these players that just the women's lacrosse players happen to get really knocked in this list, which I think, you know, is a slight disrespect to how good this team's been in the past. And 
Michelle Tumalo is certainly suffering from that. I mean, she absolutely such a shifty player. She's so fun to watch, even to this day, because she continues to play professionally, um, despite everything going on with the WBLL. She's been spectacular to watch, so fun, such a great like mentor. And you saw it carry from her Syracuse days and how mm -hmm. she got to experiment and you know go out there and take the pitch to herself and absolutely kill it out there. And I think that that did get undershadowed in this list once again. Um, I think she should be higher. I mean, the big one, and I know we'll get to it later, but I, if you're going to talk about anyone being disrespected, it's Kayla Trainer. The fact <laughs> that she didn't make the top 30 is beyond me, and I know we'll get to that. But I think for the fact that Kayla Trainer did, did end up at 59, <laughs> it doesn't shock me then that where these other two, in terms of Tumalo and Murray, fell, because I think that they all got heavily knocked yeah. like completely just yeah. yeah i there's limited words because they were so <laughs> spectacular during their careers and they just completely got washed away right here amongst right. other players right so and kayla trainer we'll get to after this one but i i do want to bring up one uh player that comes in at 84 on our list she's a current player and I just don't know. It's kind of difficult because you don't want to disrespect current players if they are great. But it's also, on the other side of that argument, you want to see how their entire career pans out to be able to grade them correctly. And Emily Harris-Chuck comes in at 84. When you look at her, what she's done so far in her SU career, absolutely outstanding. If she was able to finish out this past season instead of having it shut down because of the current virus and pandemic that's going through our country she would have probably shattered the single-season scoring record for SU program history. She was probably going to be in Toraton Award finalist, if not the winner. You could make an argument for her to be the winner. Um, Absolutely. So she comes in at 84. It's kind of difficult to put her above the other players that are already on this list because she just doesn't have that full four-year uh, career, at least in my head. I don't know if you share that same sentiment. I mean, she certainly stepped onto the team and immediately became a starter, and it took her a little while to settle in. I remember watching freshman year of the team, and her name didn't really jump off the page, but from sophomore year, it did. Like, I remember watching the one-two punch of Levy and her, and they were so tricky. You know, we talked about Kayla Trainer kind of set that bar, and yes, Katie Rowan is atop the list on all of the numbers, but what people think of Kayla Trainer when they think of Syracuse lacrosse, and it's because she was such a dynamic and and fun player and that's kind of what's defined how we think of other players since then and I feel like Emily Harris truck truly and I think a lot of players even probably a coach gate would say this is kind of like I can't you can't put her as a reincarnate but she's getting up there the fact that she takes draws like trainer did she's dynamic can score from almost anywhere can act as a facilitator when needed but obviously is more just the aggressive dodger that's going to go at you and she'll find the back of the cage from wherever you let her go from and so that's why with the 84 rank i honestly put it as like a fine because i'm with you oh. i think it's really difficult to judge current players you know it's one of those when i looked at the list even and i saw you know atiana mangakahia come up at 71 i'm like yeah she's been dynamic as hell we know she's going to go on to play in the wnba but we don't know what she's done in her final year yet right. we don't know where exactly she'll sit in everything and i think that's the same with harris chuck if she goes on to win i'll say this if she goes on to win the Tawaraton in this coming year or, or had in what had got robbed from the pandemic right she automatically should be higher because yeah. no women's lacrosse player has won the Tawaraton yet from Syracuse. Yeah. So if she does that, 
especially in a growing age when the game of lacrosse is so much bigger now and it's so much harder to compete and stand out, and Harris Chuck's been doing that, I think that she definitely should skyrocket up these rankings in terms of where she sits all time. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, again, I'm looking every at everything in the, the grand picture of for her to come in at 84, beating out a Tumalo, beating out a Murray, and everybody in the women's game really getting knocked down into the 80s and 90s on this list – I'm honestly fine with her being at 84. But okay. yes, if everybody else had skewed higher, made more into the top 50 where they belonged, you know, or at least in the high 60s, and then she got 84, I would say, well, maybe you bump her up a couple spots. But based on these rankings and the fact that she's kind of the fourth highest and fourth lowest, right, in that middle spot mm-hmm. of all of the women's lacrosse players, she can sit there. Okay. I- I'm fine with that. So uh, one follow-up question about Emily Harris-Chuck. She's one of the few players that doesn't have a Final Four to her name. Now, I take into consideration when I was ranking these, and I put a, a heavy weight on, do you have great postseason accolades have you made a deep run um anything like that and unfortunately Syracuse hasn't been to the final four since 2016 Emily Harris Chuck joined the team in 2017 so does that hurt in your opinion as a um analyst and kind of a very well known lacrosse um just journalist does that kind of help uh, or in your mind does that kind of help or hurt um Emily Harris Chuck's status in this SU top 100 I think it does hurt her I I can agree with you on that front that they haven't been able to drive up and especially the season that we saw in 2018 let's just forget about that season (laughs) that one was that was not a fun one where they didn't win a single ACC game you're like what happened to this team I'm very confused um but I think you know you have to look at from 2017 coming off of when Kayla Trainer, Hallie Majorana all those girls graduated that were so spectacular it's going to be a tough rebuild, especially when Harris Chuck is a freshman. I don't think you can throw that upon her. Mm. But, I mean, I think we've seen this team gradually get better every year that Harris Chuck's been on it. And I think that that is a big contributor to why she can still be viewed as so dominant. Because, again, she's taking draws. She's doing it all. She's yeah. being there to be a pump-up for her team um, and drive their success. And I think it's hard because she did so much this year, this shortened season, looked like what could have been Syracuse's time to finally go run, compete for that championship, and especially get back to the Final Four. I think most people had Syracuse in their Final Four as women's lacrosse, as the women's lacrosse picture was developing for this year, and she was a contender for the Tawaraton if that had happened as well for that reason. So I think, you know, a big proving point will be her senior year, and again, that's kind of why I took issue with Riley Donahue, because Riley Donahue kind of went out on a really quiet note you know, just finished yeah. off her senior year because she was getting outshined by Harris, Chuck, and Levy. Yeah. She was just kind of that third figure running around, and that's why I was kind of like, again, when I first looked, I was like, does she necessarily deserve a spot on this list? But inherently in looking back, I was like, well, for what she did for those other years. But when the fact that Harris, Chuck, is outshining her as a sophomore, you know, as to make a comparison, I think that, you know... I, Again, to circle back to the postseason, I kind of got off on a tangent. (laughs) The postseason question, yes, I think that it is a knock upon her, but I think that she has a lot to prove in her senior year or her, I guess, fifth year grad year that she'll get from everything that spiraled out from the pandemic that could really propel her to even higher on this list, which is, again, why I think 84 for a floating current player position is, is fine. 
I mean, it seems like Emily Harris-Chuck was pretty upset that the season got shut down, and if you make Emily Harris-Chuck upset, I think she's going to come back with vengeance in her uh, post-grad year. And I think in 2020, or rather that's going to be 2021, if there is a season, she's going to try to blow the doors off the place, and I will not be surprised if she does. Nicole Weaving joining us here on our FizzCast, a contributor for Pro Lacrosse Talk, and a recent graduate, graduate in the class of 20 for Syracuse. Now, Nicole, we are basically halfway through the women's lacrosse players in our SU Top 100 list and all of our listeners. If you want to go check out that list, go to our website, orangefizz.net. Now, let's talk about the person that you've already kind of alluded to and someone that I know has really gotten under your skin why why she comes in at 59. I don't know, um, and I would like to save my butt when you go off on this because I had her in the top 30. I had Kayla Trainer at 27. Um, you might have her even higher than that, but I definitely did not have her at 59, yet Kayla Trainer comes in at 59. Your thoughts, Nicole? I am beyond befuddled <laughs> about how the heck she came in at number 59. I mean, when you think of Syracuse lacrosse, you think of Kayla Trainer, And again, that's not a knock to Katie Rowan and everything that she did, the numbers she put up. But Kayla Trainer is the epitome of like what Syracuse lacrosse has become in terms of the legacy she left from how she was as a player, but defining who they were. I mean, she is one of the most fun players to watch because she can take any defender. You could be the best defender in all of women's lacrosse. She will take you from behind Kate, break your ankles, and score from the <laughs> goal line extended. I mean, that is that's things that you're seeing more in the men's game than you're seeing in the women's game. She's revolutionizing the way an attacker and a midfielder can be. And I genuinely, for the fact that Katie Rowan managed to jump to number 30, which again, I also think could be low for Katie Rowan um, because of the numbers, the pure numbers she put up were out of this world. But if Kayla Trainer, you're going to tell me there's no way she's 30 spots below Katie Rowan. There's just no way. Okay, From the so... pure career records, the goals, the do-it-all, the fun on the field. I mean, she also she also has final fours to her resume. Now I know I know you're a little worked up, so I'll let you give give you a second <laughs> to breathe. Uh, but I also want you to recollect your thoughts. And obviously, there are a lot of great. Uh, men's basketball, football players, men's lacrosse players, women's basketball. There's there's amazing athletes that have played for oh, Syracuse yes. across the board, and that's why making a list like this is so difficult. But when you take a wide view of this and you think of Kayla Trainer as an SU athlete among all other amazing SU athletes, and I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but where do you think would be a fair, and you can kind of give me a range if you want to, you don't have to give me a specific number, what would be a fair range for her to land in the SU top 100? I think she needs to land right on the cusp of like top 25. Okay. And I think that that may be, you know, like you mentioned, there are some spectacular players. I mean, the fact that all the Powell, you know, all the Powells and the Gates are going to make the top. That's a, that's five positions alone among lacrosse players, yeah. which I think is spectacular when you just think about for the game of lacrosse, seeing the legacy that all these Syracuse players um, brought out. But she is absolutely up there as one of the top just athletes. Again, she was such a a do-it-all mm -hmm. and I think that that is just a mark of pure athleticism that when you're you know ranking athletes upon athletes it's not just being able to do you know 
your one thing in your role. It's being able to elevate the team you're on. And that's what she did. You mentioned all the final four she racked up, and it's because she was a huge driving force. She won you the draw, she got you possession, and she could score it. Yeah. Kind of like a a better Emily Harris job. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Like, Emily Harris Chuck, if she can grab some postseason, like a postseason run Mm -hmm. in the tournament or an ACC championship at minimum, which is certainly difficult when you had the success that Notre Dame and UNC have had as of recent Mm -hmm. in the women's game. If Emily Harris Chuck can do that, that's where you start tearing her up on that same level with a Kayla trainer. Um, But that's why Kayla trainer kind of is the standard. Okay. For a women's lacrosse player now beyond just the Syracuse scope and why I think athletically she should be up significantly higher on these ranks. I mean, she's got records in too many columns to name in the record book for Syracuse. And that's truly just a player that does it all in a, in a pure show of success. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Now, obviously, the women's lacrosse program is relatively new. It's not like it's five years uh, new. But when you look at like the football program and the men's basketball program, they have been playing for countless years and the women's program is relatively new they also just don't get as much publicity as some of the other Syracuse sports so my question to you and because some of our listeners might not know how great Kayla Trainer is and you've explained it but maybe a, a comparison might help and I again am putting you on the spot but could you make some type of comparison for Kayla Trainer to whether it be a men's basketball player uh, a men's lacrosse player or a football player that might be a little easier for our listeners to understand and be like oh she was that good okay then she definitely deserves to be higher than 59 it's difficult because you know my scope and i will say this is a personal knock on knowledge my personal scope of college basketball and college football is very limited sure so i definitely would probably stick towards a more notable lacrosse player go lacrosse and this may get some knocks but i don't think it's necessarily i think you could put her in terms of impact on the sport impact on syracuse as a legacy she could be up there with Casey Powell. Okay. And I think that that's aggressive. I will say that. I think that's an aggressive comparison. But I think from the level of what she was doing is so revolutionary to the women's game. So many people, and she did while she was at Syracuse, and she's inspired so many people to play like her. And people want to play like Casey Powell because of just the pure fun he looked like he was having on the field, the showmanship he had in his goals, the tricky way he was able to dodge inside and get some crazy stiff goals. She did that exact same thing in the women's game, essentially. That was the impact that she had. That was the awe that she brought to this field of the of play. And again, she even did more by being a draw control specialist, by being a solid two-way player where, you know, the Powells were more solely attack or offensive midi minded yeah so again that's where i think it's tough to make a direct comparison but i think from a legacy leaving standpoint a number standpoint you you could put her up there from a women's to men's game with the powells okay and the powells end up 
in that top, what, 20? Yeah, Casey Powell at 21, Mike Powell at 23, which I think should be flip-flopped, but that's my own opinion. Oh, 100%. Uh, and then Ryan Powell <laughs> at 28. So all of them in the top 30, two of them in the top 25, and that's kind of where you said that you would put Kayla Trainer in that top 25 range. So Kayla Trainer comes in at 59. I think we both agree, and you've obviously explained how you think that she's very underrated on this list. Let's move on to the next women's lacrosse player coming in at 48. The best, hands down, the best goalie in program history. You don't even have to have the conversation about it, uh, but yep. she is the best. She comes in at 48, Liz Hogan. Um, do you think that that's a good ranking for her? Yeah, I honestly sat there and I was like, first of all, I'm happy to see Liz Hogan made the rank. If she hadn't, I would have been yeah. up in arms because, again, defenders and goalies, it's oftentimes really hard to rank them or see them unless they put up those numbers, and mm -hmm. that's exactly what she did. I mean, her career numbers are by and away in another galaxy from any other goalie that Syracuse has had, which, you know, props to Asa Goldstone because she's working her way up, but no one's going to hit Liz Hogan. Mm -hmm. And that's why she's remained such a face in lacrosse. She remains the Team USA goalie because she's that good. So I honestly was happy with 48, again, because you talk about there's so much legacy with these sports that have been around longer, like Syracuse football, Syracuse men's basketball, even the women's team. Um, they've been around so much longer that for the fact that even like one goalie made it and it was of course the spectacularness that Liz Hogan brought yeah I was happy with 48 I was like I will take 48 for um all-time athlete for her especially because again you have to look at it within the picture that a lot of these women's lacrosse players got knocked yeah so I'm really happy that she made the list and made it into the top 50 because that is deserving for the number she put up yeah. Liz Hogan a four-time starter four-year starter a three-time Tawaraton watch list member her sophomore junior and senior season she was all big east blah 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 all the accolades fantastic yep. I think she deserves to be in the top 50 I agree with you I think 48's a fine spot with her because exactly. the, sa the same arguments that you make there are just so many other great athletes she deserves to be in that in that conversation and she is um, all right, let's wrap it up here. Our last player, number 29, Katie Rowan, the SU leader in program points and uh, goals. Do you think 29 is good for her? I know you said Kayla Trainer should be above her, but you also had Kayla Trainer in like the top 25. Katie Rowan comes in at 29. I think 29 is, is very solid. Again, I mean, I think it's tough because Kayla Trainer you know, definitely gets more of that recency. I mean, Katie Rowan now is married, golf head coach <laughs> at the University of Albany. I mean, she is, it's kind of tough because she's kind of gotten pushed back to the wayside um, in terms of like, oh, there's been so many other great players that have come along after. I mean, all these players have played after her that made the list besides, you know, so that's a point. But the, the fact is everyone knows Katie Rowan. I mean, her number is everywhere. I mean, everywhere in the in the record books, what she did on the field was just an all around effort. And I, I, I think 29 is is extremely reasonable. But again, I think Kayla Trainer and Katie Rowan are neck and neck to fighting for the impact that they put on this Syracuse program. And so for the fact that there's 30 spots differentiating them is just ridiculous. But I think 29, especially like you said, the Powells are right up in that ranks. I don't even know if I would necessarily compare her as much to a Powell but I think the fact that she landed up there in terms of what the, the impact she had on the program is an appropriate rank for her 
Katie Rowan also, I mean, you can arguably say put together the best single season uh, from a women's lacrosse player in 20, in 2008. She led her team oh, yes. to the first Final Four in program history. She put up fantastic, like, absolutely unbelievable numbers, rather. That's Every a better game word. was like a points record. Yeah. And the best part was she was doing it from a scoring perspective and an assisting perspective, exactly. which I always think is really important when looking at attackers. Because you can, unless you're going to put up 100 goals a season, which is nearly impossible in the college game, but unless you're going to put up numbers that high, being able to be a, a both a facilitator and a contributor from a goal scoring perspective is really important, and that's kind of what she was to be an all-around attacker. Absolutely. All right, before we wrap it up here on this FizzCast, let's look through the women's lacrosse players one more time. 97, Alyssa Murray, Riley Donahue comes in at 90, Michelle Tumalo at 87, currently Emily Harris-Chuck at 84, Kayla Trainer comes in at 59, which is an absolute robbery, uh, Liz Hogan at 48, and Katie Rowan at 29. That's going to do it for this one. Nicole Weaving, a contributor for Pro Lacrosse Talk, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. All right, make sure you go check out all of our SU Top 100 content on our Twitter page at Orange Fizz, on our website, orangefizz.net, and all of our audio content on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz. That's going to do it for this one. I'll see you next time.